The Valley Hub Stories podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast has been recorded, Gumbangia Country. We value and respect their continuing connection to and care of country throughout time. Welcome to the Valley Hub Stories podcast. In today's episode, I'm talking with Carly from Forage Treasures. Carly is a self-confessed wild foodie, foraging the Nambucca Valley and beyond for wild and native foods and turning them into delectable treats. From rye berries to lily pillies and everything in between, there's not much Carly hasn't tried and there's not much she wouldn't like you to try too. So in today's episode, we talk a lot about the foods that are available in our environment, we talk about how to prepare those foods and how you can find information on where to find those foods. This is a really interesting episode and I guarantee if you're interested in foraging or you just consider yourself a foodie, you are going to really enjoy this conversation. So strap yourself in for our wild foodie ride. Carly, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So tell me about what you do. So I guess I just would call myself a forager and I'm very passionate about foraging, about sustainability. And I guess I really love the whole foodie part of foraging. So I love creating new dishes, new flavours and yeah, that's just really exciting. So yeah, I guess that's kind of it. So how did you start foraging? Ah, well, I get this question so often and um, I just stick with this story. Um, I I actually don't really know, but this is what I guess I can really put it down to is when I was a kid, my dad, he was always really, really interested in, or he he was a chef, so he was always interested in, you know, flavours and different things. But I guess a bonus was if you forage, it's free, right? So... As kids growing up in the country out west, we used to um, drive down country roads and pick asparagus and forage for mushrooms and he'd make a delicious mushroom soup. And just those memories, I think, is what sort of brought me back to it. And my brother was really passionate about it too. And he passed away a few years ago. And I think kind of as maybe slightly a bit of therapy unconsciously, I sort of lent towards, you know, foraging a bit more. And then, you know, I'm one of these people too when something is really exciting and I really love it, I'll kind of get into it and then it's just like that's what my world is about. So I just kind of dived into foraging and, yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. So um, where did you come from before you were in the Nambucca Valley? Ah, well, I grew up as a little kid up until I think it was about 13, out west, down near Cowra. So about an hour out of town. And my entire life, we've lived a long way out of town, which I've loved. And then when I was a teenager, my parents moved to Dorigo. And then after leaving home, I kind of was a bit of a nomad and uh, travelled all around and I guess just landed up back here, closer to family. And it's a beautiful part of Australia, really. So what is there to be foraged in the Nambucca Valley? What isn't there? (laughs) Uh, So 
I'm so excited. I think I've just mentioned this everywhere because I'm so excited, but I just found a few Illawarra plum trees, which is like quite sought after in the foraging world. There's, ooh, lots of sea things. So, you know, lots of different seaweeds, I guess you say native pig face, lots and lots and lots of lily pillies and rye berries. And I know as you come down the mountain from Dorigo, pretty much as soon as you get halfway down, there's just like you'll start to see lily pillies and just growing wild. And there's lots and lots of uh, native warrigal greens, stacks and stacks of weeds. And there's something that I really, really love and I'm so proud of. Our council has been embracing so much planting native edibles in the nature strips and in parks so they're free to grab <laughs> and yeah lots and lots of berries and lemon myrtle and lemon aspen and there's lots and lots of um, blue flax lilies yeah just just a small chunk yeah of a huge amount of things so out of all of the things you've mentioned i think i know what lily, lily pillies are oh. <laughs> i think that's about it <laughs> So how does the average person work out, you know, what foods are safe to eat, which plants are protected? How, yes. do, how do we figure that out? Well, it's quite a big topic really, but I guess just to narrow it right down would be to say uh, your best thing is to go out and buy yourself um, a couple of books on foraging, um, Australian foraging, and just make sure you – a lot of research really, but one of the – other really good things that I've found incredibly helpful is just to hop on your um, social media, particularly Facebook, and go and join one of the foraging groups. And you can post pictures, you know, of something you find. If you think, oh, this might look like, you know, it's edible, just take a picture, note where it is, and upload it. And about 535 billion people <laughs> will comment and say, oh, you know, it's this. So then you can narrow it down. Yeah, that's probably the best way. So how many people would we have in the Nembaka Valley who would identify themselves as foragers? To be really honest, I'm not entirely sure. I've tried to keep a bit of an eye out who would. I think there's a few people I know in Scott's Head. I see them pop up on some of these social media groups and I know a few people in Dorigo as well. But different people, I think, identify themselves as foragers differently. Mm. So if you go and sort of scrump for food, <laughs> you know, that could be classed as foraging and I would assume actually probably quite a fair few. I've went to go pick some of my favourite little patches of rye berries and I've got there and I've seen like a car just leaving <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, hey, yeah, which is exciting. It's really nice to know other people are onto it and know, yeah. Mm. So have you uh, – I want to ask you yeah. what the strangest thing you foraged is – but I also want to ask you how your experience has been of coming to know what is okay and what is not okay <laughs> to eat and whether you've made yourself <laughs> sick on any occasions uh, or yep. <laughs> incidentally poisoned yourself. Tell me, tell me. Okay, well, yes, I have actually eaten probably too many things that I'm <laughs> – this is a really embarrassing thing to admit, but, yes, I have. I've eaten plenty of things I should not have touched one experience was when I was in Dorigo and I, I was just foraging for passion fruits, wild passion fruits, and I seen this beautiful, <laughs> this is another, like all the warning signs were there. I must have been sleep deprived. I don't know. This beautiful coloured berry and it was hanging off this vine and I'm like, oh, it looks edible. And you kind of, I think you do, as a forager, you do 
start to develop like a sixth sense of you know what is edible and what's not so me thinking oh, you know I know what I'm doing I uh, thought I'll just try it anyway it tasted fine so I was like okay this must be fine I put it in my mouth I swallowed a bit and like within probably 30 seconds my entire throat felt like I had tiny like swallowed tiny shards of glass I felt like my throat was swelling up and I was just sort of like no I'm being paranoid I had some water I'm trying to spit this thing out and um, it didn't go away for at least an hour it was really horrible experience (laughs) Um, so and yeah there's been that's probably the worst but there has been other times when I've eaten things that I haven't prepared correctly so warrigal greens for example if you don't blanch them and then rinse out the water they're really high in oxalates so yeah I obviously didn't prepare it correctly (laughs) and within about 10 minutes of eating it I was spewing everywhere so yeah 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 that's been my experience it's a learning process really yeah it is it really is and I think something that I would highly stress is if you've been given some advice on how to prepare something or what not to eat just listen. It's really <laughs> worth it. <laughs> so you, you're out and you're foraging, say, rye berries. Yeah. And oh, you brought some pine cone syrup today. Yes. How do you work out what goes with what? You know, is it similar to kind of how you experiment with, quote, unquote, typical yes. cooking? <laughs> uh, well, it's actually a really interesting question. I think there's people out there who just love new tastes and experiences and um, I definitely am one of those people and I I would like to think that you can start to hone in on certain flavours and you get this kind of idea similar to normal food, you get this idea of what tastes good together and then you just experiment. Like I've created plenty of dishes that are just disgusting and then you're like, oh, okay, Nope, my berries, they're, you know, they're quite a light sort of delicate flavour, so you got to work with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so have you brought your family along for the ride on this journey or are they watching mum get out of the car and yeah. think, oh, mum's picking her berries again? Uh, well, yes. So I have three kids. Their ages are like 13, 11 and 4. And, of course, the four-year-old, he's all in. He's like, yep, sign me up for anything. I can just say, try this. And he's like, sure, because he's in it for the excitement. And he doesn't really know much different. But my daughter, which is the oldest one, she, you know, she's not really there yet. She just thinks I'm a bit strange. She's highly (laughs) embarrassed being a teenager. She's like, oh, my gosh, mum. And then the 11-year-old, he loves foraging too. He'll, yeah, he's all in for the ride. Mm. yeah yeah which is exciting my hubby is he's like got a foot in both camps he's like excited about it because he you know he can see how much joy it brings me and he also gets to try yummy food but there are plenty of times when he thinks I've lost my marbles (laughs) so what makes you passionate about it oh there's just there's so much I think connecting with nature is a really big one and just kind of being a bit more aware of how our food grows. And another massive thing that I really just get a massive kick out of is being able to just wherever I am know that there's food around me, which <laughs> I sound like a pig. Um, <laughs> promise you I'm not. I just I just think that's really exciting because um, 
I just love to get out in the bush and just enjoy knowing that, hey, I can have a nibble on this and, you know. Um, the other big thing is I really, really do love trying different flavours. So I think particularly with a lot of native food, it's a whole different taste palette. Like you, you can, a lot of the food, you can't even describe it as anything what we're used to, which is really exciting. It, it's actually a bit addictive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So are there any kind of foraging protocols, for lack of a better term, niceties, <laughs> I guess, yes. in, in, that, in that culture? Definitely. And it's something that I am constantly worried about, to be honest. It is a really big thing. And I've experienced it a few times myself of where uh, I'm so excited to share what I learned because I just want everyone to know about this. And so I'll share, but people don't always take on the protocol, which is, of course, you know, only take what you need. And next season, you don't need to hoard a whole heap up because next season you've got something else amazing. And I've experienced going to, say, my favourite apple tree. I I found this apple tree that it's beautiful. It's got amazing apples. I've never seen that kind before. And I told a few people, and next thing you know, (laughs) there's just none. And it's a huge tree. Mm -hmm. And it's just people, yeah, so I think greed, that's that's the thing that I um, think is something we need to be really mindful of is just not to be greedy. But also on top of that, it is really, really important to not interfere with the native species that are protected. So I would highly recommend if you're getting into foraging to make sure that you know what your local boundaries are. I, when I was new to the whole thing, I went down to the beach and I was in National Park, which is, you know, National Park, it's a no-no, don't take anything National Park, didn't know this. And I remember I picked a leaf and thank goodness it was just a leaf, but I picked a leaf off this um rock sand fire and I was really excited about it and I asked a few people if what I had identified was correct and they were all like no you can't do that it's protected and um yeah so and it did it really made me more aware of you know being careful not to take things out of national parks out of protected areas and to know what is yeah a protected species because mm. mm. you, you know hey we don't want to go over harvesting we don't want to go picking things that are protected because then there'll be no more mm. so yeah, basically i think is just you having a bit of etiquette and you know just your moral compass being switched on for your fellow man and, and native flora really mm. yeah i like the concept you mentioned before about wherever you go you know that there's food around <laughs> and i feel like that's a really a really key point, particularly in the time that we're in where, mm. you know, families are really struggling mm-hmm. with the cost of living and, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure on families. So mm-hmm. that that education aspect of what you're doing is really pivotal. Yes, and I actually, yes, I feel really passionate about that because um, I know there for a while, well, we all remember when lettuces were like $12 a lettuce, mm. which is like <laughs> ridiculous. And for a good while there, I wasn't buying any greens. They were too expensive, but why would I buy them when I could just go pick them? Mm. Yeah, and and I really wanted to share that with more people because there's so many kids you see too that are going without those, you know, key nutrients because it's too expensive or, you know, parents don't know how to get them. Mm. Yeah. So tell me how you go about educating people 
<laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> well, I have social media on Instagram and I like to post, I try and post on there at least once a week, a new sort of species or something new that I've found. And I hope that, you know, my followers there will learn through that. I am also doing a workshop on Sunday, actually, which is exciting. It's my first one, so we'll see how we go. I'm not going to promise that I can do more. But yeah, I think just trying to be active in that space. If I am out picking something and someone walks by and they're like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like really eager and happy to share what I'm doing and what's edible. And yeah, so I think that's probably the best ways I can do it at the moment. Yeah. Mm, It sounds like a really cool workshop to have in schools too. (laughs) Yes. Actually, I have done a workshop in a bush school down in Kempsey Way. It was running last year and that was really fun. Actually, I really loved that. The kids were so engaged and actually I'm glad you mentioned this because this is another area I'm really passionate about which I've noticed with my own kids. So my four-year-old, surprisingly, is a really fussy eater. And if I put a plate full of food in front of him, probably eight times out of ten he's going to say, oh, I only want this and that off there. you know. But when I'm out foraging, he'll eat what abs- like absolutely anything I hand him. And so I found this when I did the workshop with the kids at the bush school. They were so engaged some of the fussiest eaters were there like, hey, give me, I want more of this. And just the excitement, I think, of it and the fact that they have something, they're involved in it, Mm -hmm. I think is really, really important. So, yeah, I think it's a really, really great way to get kids on board and just to help share the message. Yeah. So what comes next for you? Ah, well... I'm continually trying to work out new things. I don't like being stagnant for too long. And as soon as I start getting bored of one idea, I'm on to the next. I'm actually not really sure. I've got a few things that I'm mulling over in my mind. I'd love to collaborate with a few more people. I would actually love to be able to somehow share a bit more with kids. What that looks like, I'm not sure. And I would really love to share some of the food creations from wild forage foods. So I've been thinking about doing maybe like a paddock to plate kind of thing, maybe something along that line. Mm-hmm. Exciting. It's very <laughs> exciting, yeah. That's really cool. So on that topic, what is your favourite thing to make from your foraged foods? Oh, well, that's a really tough one. I really do love that Magolio syrup. It's amazing. So what it is is... It's pine cones, green pine cones, and then macerated in brown sugar and sort of fermented. And it, it's actually pretty good for you too, apart from the fact it's brown sugar. Um, but just the, the properties that it draws out of the green pine cones is really good. And it's just so yummy. So <laughs> probably because it's got brown sugar in it. <laughs> so I love that. And I really, really love a good other pot pie or galette with maybe berries, rye berries. I love quinces. I found a whole heap of quinces recently along the side of the road and I love quinces in any kind of way so they're definitely up there. And uh, blue flax lilies. I'd be baking um, wild soda out of them and that's delicious. Yeah, mm-hmm. really good. <laughs> so uh, if you could leave people with your 
two best foraging tips, what would that be? Two best foraging tips. Well, get out there and have fun and don't be held back by your lack of knowledge because we all start somewhere and there's so much I still don't know. But once you get out there and start having fun, you'll be hooked. And then my other foraging tip would probably be, yeah, to share the knowledge that you do have and to just leave some for others. Yeah. I don't know if you really count that as a tip, but... I think it's yeah. a tip. Yeah, I'll say that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. Oh, well, thanks so much for sharing, Carly. Thank you so much for having me. It's been Thank really you. interesting. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And if people want to find you, your Instagram handle is Forage Treasures. Yes. That's it. Yep. You'll yes. find me over at Forage Treasures. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. All you. right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Valley Hub Stories podcast. Let us know what you think by reaching out to the Valley Hub underscore envy or email us at info at thevalleyhub.com.au. Until next time, go well.